Where'd all the violence come from in Iraq? Today, Tuesday, May 28th. This is The World. I'm Marco Werman. U.S. troops pulled out of Iraq about a year and a half ago, but the country is still racked by sectarian violence. There's a real lack of faith on the part of Iraqis that their politicians represent them, that their security forces can protect them. Also today, the rising threat of so-called lone wolf terrorist attacks and the man who worked to inspire them. He's the one who said, look, what we need to do is demoralize the West. Also on the program, China's great graffiti debate, and later, the rules for German beer. Beer in Germany can only be made with the following ingredients. Barley, hops, and water. Very simple, very pure. And how that formula might stop fracking in its tracks. PRI's The World is supported by Medtronic, now accepting nominations for the Bakken Invitation, a global celebration of patients helped by medical technology who make a difference in their communities. More on how nonprofits can earn a grant at liveongiveon.org. I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. If the 9-11 attacks brought Americans face-to-face with an organized global terror network, more recent attacks have highlighted the threat from so-called lone wolf terrorists. The Boston Marathon bombings and the hacking murder of a British soldier last week both featured radicalized individuals who carried out attacks with what appears to be no direct guidance from recognized extremist leaders. And that may have also been the case with the unknown assailant who attacked a French soldier with a box cutter over the weekend. French police are still investigating that. Well, apparently there is one extremist leader who's often associated with this type of lone wolf attack. His name is Abu Musab al-Suri, and Newsweek's Christopher Dickey has been writing about him. He's the one who said... Look, what we need to do is demoralize the West. It's fine to have these spectacles like 9-11, but those are hugely costly and difficult to mount. What we need to do is encourage people to take the initiative to sow terror wherever they can so that we can demoralize the West and weaken its efforts to fight wars in places like Afghanistan or Iraq or wherever. Uh, And that was the basic philosophy. And it is what we see not only being carried out, but being articulated by people with blood on their hands in the streets of London. Now, in 2005, the Pakistanis captured al-Suri and reportedly turned him over to the CIA. I mean, the way you describe it, what happened to al-Suri while in CIA custody is either insidious or incompetent. Which one was it? I think it's typical of what goes on in the sort of shadow world where the CIA operates. Uh, In 2005, the CIA was handed al-Suri by the Pakistanis. But it was at a time, as you'll recall, when the United States was suffering huge losses and its allies were suffering huge losses in Iraq, uh, partly as a result of the fact that the Syrians were helping jihadists get into Iraq so they could blow themselves up and a lot of Americans with them. So the CIA was trying to develop a liaison relationship with the Syrian intelligence services to try and discourage them from doing that or, or encourage them to stop doing it. And one of the things that the CIA did was to turn over this infamous jihadist, uh, Abu Musab al-Suri, to the Syrian intelligence services, who put him in jail and I'm sure did many other things with him. Does it strike you as bizarre, Christopher, that the U.S. intelligence agencies would offer him to Bashar al-Assad? Well, I think it was not wise for them to do that in retrospect. Uh, The alternative would have been to keep him indefinitely in secret CIA prisons, which of course eventually were shut down, or to put him in Guantanamo, 
So I think that they thought, we'll get this guy off of our hands. The Syrians hate him. They'll put him under the jail. It's a whole cynical commerce in human lives and in human intelligence, as they call it. So what did the Syrians do with al-Suri, and where is he now? They put him in a prison in Aleppo, or near Aleppo, and uh, kept him there for several years. But after the Arab Spring inspired a revolution in Syria, and the Obama administration said finally that the Assad regime, which had been cooperating with us to some extent, should step down, then Assad decided he would just release al-Suri. And so in January of 2012, a bit over a year ago, uh, al-Suri and probably one of his top aides were both released from prison in Syria in order to tell the Americans, uh, we're no longer playing ball with you. And you see, we really are having to deal with terrorists. What do you think is a lesson from al-Suri's story for intelligence operatives? One of the lessons is that handing over...